Nice yeah. to see you. Yeah. Hi. So we're really excited. We've got another guest speaker with us today. We're really excited to be joined by Caroline Eaton. Caroline is currently working as an independent educational consultant and is also an associate with Early Education and the National Day Nursery Association. So that's quite a busy job, I'm guessing, Caroline. <laughs> Um, yes, it can be. Yeah. <laughs> Wear many hats and go to see you know many different places and do some really exciting things. So yes, it's a, yeah, lovely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. joining us. And we've got a few questions we're going to sort of ask you and have a chat about, really about um, environment. So if we fire away with thinking about the children's environment and why are children's environments important? Why does it matter? Well, I think for me, I think that. Um, Whatever you have in your environment, will children pick up messages from a range of different places, and one of them is your sorry, one of them is your environment, and so it's very much tied up in your self worth. If you don't see your life reflected anywhere in your learning environment, you could potentially start to feel, I don't matter, I you know I'm not important here, and it it is really important to feel important and to feel thought about and held in mind and so you know it, it is all tied up in that I think it also what you put out reflects what adults feel is important and that's all tied up with those children's feelings of self-worth and things I also feel it's really important that an, that a, an environment is set up so that children can show you what they know and can do after all the EYFS is built on us building on what children already know and can do. So if we don't, if we don't enable children to show us what they know and can do, how can we build on it? You know, we don't want to be setting things up to be testing children. So we really need to think really carefully about the sorts of opportunities we're offering the children in the resources that are being offered, in the way that it's being offered, so that children children can make those choices for themselves they can do that refining they can do that new learning so they're not you know it, it's a there, there's a lady called there's an educational consultant called um dr kathy ring and she talks about small change big difference and it's you know really important to review those environments and to think actually what is there for this child or what is there for the, for the other child and it's you know it is it is important that whatever you have is there for a reason, not just because you think it ought to, you know. You yeah. Know, we instead expect to see whatever it happens to be. You know, that's, well, to my mind, that's just yeah. not, you know, it's, just, it's not good enough. Um, the, you know, there's no point There's no point having the most amazing environment and nobody actually use it. Or to have spent so much money on it that you're too scared for the children, you know, to be able to use it. So it's just, you know, it's just really... Yeah, you know, it, they children children pick up so many messages through the way we present, what we allow them to do. You know that risk taking. If if actually we don't enable children to take risks, you know, I'm not suggesting if you're near a motorway you let them go and stand on the motorway or stick their fingers in the electrical socket. I, you know, it's not that sort of risk taking. Mm. But actually, you know, if if we're always doing things that children can do for themselves, the message they're receiving is that we think they can't do it and actually if we want children to do things and to learn we need to we need to set it up so that they can you know do you think it's so that they high. have 
Caroline, do you think it's so that they have like that ownership of it? So it's it's it, like we're always saying, like coming from their own ideas. Because if we've got, we've always got, you know, and every adult has, we've always got preset ideas, haven't we? So, you know, we need to really, is this what you're saying? Like we need to have the environment so we can follow those children's ideas and really, really get to know what they need to play with and what they need to do. Luckily, children are quite subversive and they offer, you know, we may well come in with our preconceived ideas and we may well have come in with our most amazing, or in our view, most amazing adult directed opportunity. And then they kind of come and turn it on its head and, and either either choose to walk away or, you know, kind of, because they do see the world very differently. You know, they've got a very different life experience to the life experience, say, you know, I've got slightly more than they have. Um, so, you know, and they see the world very differently, don't they? Time passes differently for children. They see the potential because because they haven't had the potential kind of taught out of them. Yeah, so, totally, yeah. You know, we know that there is no way on earth, generally speaking, there's no way on earth Tyrannosaurus Rex is going to walk through my sitting room door. Now, to a young child, that is every possibility. Oh, yeah, that's lovely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to pick up on Caroline something you said right at the start as a speech and language therapist I'm learning an awful lot from my colleagues in early years about environment because I, I you know my sort of approach to working with children is a very is very different I suppose from a therapeutic point of view but what you said right at the start about the environment reflecting that child's who they are and enabling that sense of self I think that's really a powerful message and actually I don't think I've I don't think I've heard that book like that before. And I think for me, I just relate that to my own children. Like when they go to a grandparent's house and they count the number of photographs of the grandchildren to make sure that there's not more of one child than the other. And you think, you know, it is, it, it, it's that environment. It's like, how much do you love me? And, you know, I know that make, I make that yeah. really simplistic, but I've never considered that in the early years environment before. But, it, but it's also, you know, it's the really little things. If you feel your interests are there, and we do have to be careful because some interests we find really difficult. I know my little boy, when he, well, my son, when he was very little, was really fascinated by soldiers because my dad was a soldier and my dad died when I was 21. So actually he never met him. But, you know, he kind of had his grandpa, his late grandpa, you know, up on this enormous pedestal and he was you know so he had to have all the camouflage trousers you know he he was going to be a soldier and um, and whilst I didn't want to negate my father's life I didn't actually want my son to be a soldier um but anyway but at, when he was at nursery he wanted to play with tanks and small soldiers he wanted to reenact world war ii he wanted to do all of those things and of course nowhere Nowhere could he do that, and mm. I know I know more settings now. It, it you know enable gunplay and all that sort of stuff. But you know, I mean, he hated school. He loathed it with a passion. He cried every single day because he couldn't see himself in in the, yeah. that environment. There was nothing there. You know, there was nothing doggy because we had three dogs at the time. You know. My ex-husband was slightly excessive and we had seven cars, so he loved tinkering with cars, he loved dogs, and he loved soldiers. And, it you know, although there were the mm. cars that you could push around the road map, you know, none of them were sports cars, which is what my ex-husband's, you know, kind of passion was. So he couldn't see himself anywhere. So I think you that's know, a really, really, yeah, 
that's a really important message that actually yeah. you have to be able to see yourself in your own environment. That's what we all do in our own homes because we're adults. We have that ownership, don't we? And it's very much that ownership and, and ensuring that those ideas are reflected, isn't it? It's so important. That's a, that's a really good point. I love that. It's just yeah, a, yeah, for me, like I said, for me, it's such a, that's a really powerful message because, you know, that's it in all my years of working in settings it's not that it just hasn't i haven't taken that on board and i think yeah. that's a really, if anybody takes anything that's a huge message that that's amazing no really amazing and again just think you know children children show, through the environments that we set up children show us kind of what you know what they know and, and how you know i'm just kind of thinking in the home corners you know everybody cooks in a slightly or domestic world play everybody cooks in a slightly different way don't they you know some people follow that follow that recipe to the nth degree you know so how you set things up will enable children you know you find out so much about children's lives you know just by having if you're going to have i, I don't like to use a number because otherwise people will say well that caroline eaton said we need three spoons <laughs> but, you know, no you know the number isn't important but you know it's it's really just watching children, it might be you know that they dollop it in because chances are that's how their mum or their dad or whoever whoever does the job. That'd be my child. <laughs> that's what they do. You know, it used to drive me mad when I was little and, and or younger, and I was cooking with my mother, and she would just say, "Oh, put a bit of this in, put a bit of that in." You say, "Well, how much is that?" And why? Well, until it looks right, and you say, "I don't have the experience to know." But you know, but children play at all yeah. of that, don't they? You know, so you kind of need the scales, you need the spoons, you need. You know, you need all of that. And if you're going to have, in your environment, it, it requires really careful thought. So that actually you're opening up opportunities for talking, not closing them down. You know, in your sand tray, if you have three buckets and they are all the same size, they are all the same colour and they are all the same material, you are closing down opportunities for talk. Whereas if you have, you know, maybe a see-through bucket, a metal bucket and, yeah, I don't know, wooden bucket just just because you know you've already opened it even if they're the same size you've already opened up those opportunities to talk however if they're different sizes how much richer is that that that's a really that's key I point env environments need to be really carefully thought out and then reviewed am i closing down learning or am i opening it up that's a, that's a brilliant point yeah yeah because you mentioned some resources there, and this might be an impossible question. But what would you what would you consider to be the most useful resource an early years provider could have? Well, I think this is going to sound very trite, but actually, it is the practitioners. Yeah. Because without the practitioners, you know, practitioners are in an incredibly powerful, powerful place, and. They have the power to close down learning. They have the power to open it up. You know, sorry to go back to my little boy, but my little boy had been in reception for one morning and he was taught he couldn't read and he couldn't write in such a short space of time. And actually, if we want children to learn, we want them to think that they can do it. And how we interact with them, the time, you know, the most important thing I well, one of the most important things for me is giving children time because yeah. time moves very differently for them to my mind i think children have two speeds slow and reverse you know it's and we just we 
we seem to put all the, well, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, we've got to do that, we've got to do that. Well, why? Where? Where does it say? Where is it set in stone? We have to do these things. And if we can give the children time, we, we find out so much more about them. And again, building on what they know and can do. You know, by, by, having, by having resources that reflect children's lives, you find out so much more. I've just been doing um, a project in Stoke on getting children, getting children out into the community uh, based on understanding of the world. And we developed these photo books um, of places and things in and around Stoke and, you know, and taken from different um, angles and things. And there was a flyover and, and it was quite close to the front of, of this photo book. And this practitioner was just kind of looking at it with this little boy. And he said, oh, I, I go on that flyover every time I go to my nanny's house. You know, and she had she had no idea that, A, he knew flyover, you know, and it's not a be all and end all. You know, it's not it's not the most important word that a child has to learn. But it's Actually, a great word, isn't it? Had no idea that he knew anything yeah. like flyover. Yeah. Because, because their environment hadn't been resourced for him to be able to show her what he already knows does that make yeah yeah it does yeah. You, say, you say it's not it's not maybe it's not an important word but actually that's something he does to go somewhere that's special to him it's an important, it's important word to him mm. it? it's an important word yeah. to him that's yeah. right and we have to be you know as practitioners i think we have to be aware of aware of our children's lives so that our our environments can reflect what you know what what they have um, and and so that actually they do feel valued. They do feel that they're a you know, they're a contributing member of, of the group because actually you know we do have to co-construct that construct that learning with them and you know that yeah so so having those adults that can take that time, having those adults that really carefully think about what they're going to put in there. You know, just to do that, you know, kind of stereotypical thing, that boy that doesn't particularly like writing, actually, but likes football. Well, could we put some football paper and foot, you know, yeah. that's often not enough. But, you know, could Marcus Rashford have written a letter to them and then they have to write a letter back? Or, you know, it doesn't really That's so intriguing. Yeah. It's those intriguing yeah, points, isn't it? And those interests and just being, I think we always say, don't we, you know, to, to be listened to is to be loved. But we mean listened to with our whole bodies and holistically, like listened to by however the child decides to communicate. So um, we really wanted to know, because you, yeah. you've written a book. And that might be through body language. That might be through, you know, choosing not to go anywhere. You know, I think that reviewing of environments is really important. And, you know, and including the children in that, you know, doing that auditing. Yeah. which areas are not being used yeah you know we pull our hair out at you know at tidy up time well actually is it obvious where things have to go back yeah you know if it looks a bit tk maxi yeah. you know, it's going to be no it doesn't really matter where you put it does it it's all a mess and, and i'm not saying you have to go you know and make it look you know look absolutely pristine but actually you know, lots of people don't like shopping in TK Maxx because it's a mess and children will be the same. They'll just walk on by. Yeah. You know, and it's... Um, also, you know, I think... Storage. Storage is really important and it needs really careful thinking, you know, and, and trying to avoid boxes and things because they often say no to children thinking about where the boxes are in the... If you're going to go for boxes, where are they in the unit? You know, that, that adult, you know, kind of reviewing, reflecting, well, actually, that one... At, that one in the bottom right never gets picked. So actually, if we move it to the middle, 
might it or is it that actually whatever's in that box isn't actually meeting the children's needs it's either too simple too difficult or just nobody's fascinated by it or is it too similar to you know to everything else yeah. you know, quite often in the construction area you might have you might have duplo you might have lego and you might have stickle bricks say but they you know they all, all just they all attach by being pushed together don't they well where's the choice in that where's the fun in that yeah it's it's not it's my, really it's, oh, that's yeah. really good points really good points we wanted to know as well because we know this is one of your things that you're really brilliant at we wanted to know about sort of small budgets because we know at the moment that you know there's not a lot, a lot of funding around, you know, there, there, there hasn't really been a lot of funding for a while in early years. So how do we get this um, environment that's really intriguing and how do we do it on a shoestring? How do we do it with no money and how do we create that intrigue really? Well, I, I think it's definitely how you present resources to your, to your children. So it might be that, you know, you've got you know, you've got that Brio train track and it might be, it gets used quite well, but actually if you were to do it, say that you put the straight pieces together, the curved pieces together, you know, the engines, the people, you know, the bits, then children can make that choice much more quickly and much more easily without that jumble sail rootling around in the bottom, um, Good, which yeah. will put some children on. So I think definitely, it's, I think it's making the most of what you've got. I think review what you've already got. If you've got stuff that is just gathering dust in the back of your cupboard and has gathered dust in the back of your cupboard for for quite a long time, yeah, you know, how about selling it? You might get a couple of quid, but that's a couple of quid you didn't have before, and then you yeah. can reinvest that money. I think definitely invest in open-ended resources. You know, I am a massive, massive, massive believer in free and found. Yeah, you know, I am yeah. queen of skip. <laughs> you know, it's phenomenal how expensive. If you were to buy guttering, you know, it's just, to my mind, prohibitively expensive. However, it's quite often in a skip. It's quite often when somebody's done some work. It's quite often down the back of a shed, garden shed for somebody. You know, getting out is a really good way of starting that conversation with with families. Well, yeah. why do you want that? You know, and then you can kind of explain. You might not get too much after that because they might want to keep it for themselves in their <laughs> gardens. They have gardens. Um, so, you know, it, it's those sorts of things. And really, really, th I, I also think it's really important to have real things. Yeah. You know, charity shops are great for that. You know, this might not be very popular, but, you know, sometimes clearing out houses, you end up with all sorts of, you end up with all sorts of stuff, you know. And, and it's much, you get a different quality of play when children are exposed not exposed that's the wrong word but are offered real things yeah. because they you know they know a plastic plate they can fling across the room yeah totally. you can't do that with cookery because oh what a surprise it breaks and they know that I think some. Do you think some? Because some, I know some of the people we've worked with, and they're really pleased when they've done it. They they now use that sort of real crockery and everything. And, and there was always that question about, but it's going to break. And they're like, it it is going to break. But actually, that's part of our education, isn't it? Of what, what happens? How do we keep ourselves safe when it breaks? What do we need to do? You know, the children will know that they'll go stand back because you could you could cut yourself, you could get hurt. But but then they're much more gentle with yeah, it because they know brush, yeah. up, put it in the bin yeah you know, they can be trusted to do all of it's that trust, the more isn't we it? trust them and the more yeah. we encourage them to do all of that sort of thing you know the better 
well, the better human citizen or citizens later on in life they're going to be, aren't they? Totally. I I think so often we look at children and we think, oh, they're too little for that. And we kind of overprotect them, you know, that Jenny Linden thing, too safe for their own good and, you know, wrapping them in cotton wool and, you know, it just... I believe really strongly the more, more money you spend on the learning environment, often the less learning that happens there. Well, that, that so would why, be... Why do, you think that is, why do you think that is, Caroline? What, what is it? Well, I think, it's, I think it's often the easy option, you know, to flick right. through that catalogue and think, oh, right, oh, I've got this challenge, so therefore, and I've got this budget, so I'm just going to blow it. Um, whereas, actually, if you haven't got very much money and, you're, and you do think about... Oh right, well, so and so's interested in this. We haven't got much of that, so actually, let's see what we can let's see what we can find. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think you know I, there are some great catalogues out there, and I think catalogues can be brilliant for just a little bit of inspiration, and then finding oh right, well, actually, you know they've got that kind of balancing bit, but really, I'd quite like some of them some of them to be wider for my less experienced balances i'd like some of them to be skinnier and longer so that for my more experienced balances there's challenge because we do need to provide challenge yeah. to our children whereas actually if we've only got supposing you know in our climbing supposing we've only got wide board you know wide planks well if you're a confident balancer where's the challenge in that that's going to be boring you're not going to go anywhere near it mm-hmm. whereas actually if you if you are a confident balancer, something's kind of long and skinny is going to give you know thinking about young young children and out in the community. You know when when you have your own children at home. I mean I know you know my child spent hours just balancing on the curb. Yeah, <laughs> and just and that's completely free. <laughs> oh. Exactly. I mean I, you know I have to, you know I'm, I'm a bit long in the tooth myself, and sometimes I just go and balance. Yeah. On the curb for something to, well, you know, not that hasn't come out right, but you know, if I'm walking and there happens to be a bit of curb, and I, you know, I'm a bit bored, I'll balance on the curb. You know, yeah. because actually, oh, it's just. I'm really pleased yeah. to hear that because I go and walk on walls all the time and jump in puddles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Caroline, and, and the kicking of the leaves. Yes, I yes, think I it's know. also making. I think for practitioners, it's about making the most of what's there and what's on your doorstep. Yeah. You know, What's on your doorstep provides such a rich, rich environment. Those drains, you know, where does the water go? Just listening to the water going down, just seeing the different vehicles that go past. You know, again, when my little boy was tiny, we we used to um, we quite often make sure we were loitering at the bottom of our stairs for when the bin men were there. Yeah, because the bin men always let him, always let him press the button. So oh. he, he had a really good, he had a really good friend when he was little, and they used to play bin men all the time. You know, I'm, at home it was fine. So we had we had the sofa, and they played the bin. So one of them was the one of them was the lorry driver, the bin driver, um, and the other one was the bin man. And they obviously had to be men because they were both boys. Although in this gender non stereotypical time, maybe anyway, it was a time ago, and they used to literally go around and they, they would clear every surface in the sitting room and throw it in the bin lorry. <laughs> and then once everything was cleared, you know, all the rugs were on the sofa, all the ornaments were on the sofa carefully, obviously, and um, then they would drive to the tip. 
which was then just you just throw it all on the floor. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was the bin. And, that's and I have to say, me and my friend Nicola, it was just like, who, whose house are we going to play the bin lorry in today? <laughs> I did it yesterday, so it would be your turn today. But yeah, uh, they reenact that life, don't yeah. they? But, and that's... And, and yeah. then, and that's how they cement it, don't they? That's how they. Do. Oh, Caroline, we could chat all day, but we're running, we're running out of time. But would would just we would like to say, sort of, if you wanted to look at Caroline's book, it's um, environments on a shoestring, isn't it, Caroline? And it's just really, really such a brilliant, useful book. We used it at, at um, our setting when I was an early years lead, and Caroline came out to see us as well. And the inspiration from not spending any money to how our environment looks as well was fantastic. So I cannot recommend it enough. So, and there are lots of photographs in it, loads. so you don't need to do too much reading. Yeah, which is fantastic. Benefit. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Caroline. That's really, it's really, really lovely to talk to you.